Thank you for listening to this week's message from North Shore Christian Church. For more information about North Shore, please visit northshorechristian.org. Good morning, church. Two years in a row. Very, very excited about, about this. In the rare and very unlikely scenario that you may have missed a random Sunday in July last year and, and didn't get part one of this, of this message, I'll, I'll give a quick recap to make sure we're all on the same page before going forward. But, but thank you. Thank you for inviting me back. And, and, and I love this church. Again, part of this church since, since high school. Love, love being back with you. The core verse last year was at the heart of our ministry, at the heart of, of, of how we describe and explain our unlikely story is the verse from Zechariah chapter 4. It says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That, that pretty much captures our unlikely story. It's not by our creativity or our brilliance or strategic this or that, but it was by the, the intervention of God himself at several strategic moments that has brought about what, what we have been seeing happen in Glasgow. We moved over to Glasgow in 2003 with a, uh, my one-year-old daughter, Emma, my two-year-old son, Ethan. Uh, here they are today, no longer one and two, so... Um, my, my oldest is Ethan, and he is on the far right. He just graduated with his master's degree from the University of Glasgow with computer science degree, and he is starting working in IT with Morgan Stanley in August here. My daughter, Emma, which if you're wondering, she's the one with the darker hair, and she... She works uh, at the University of Nations in, this, in the School of Biblical Studies with YWAM in Kona. And so she, she teaches the Bible and, and works with the staff there. My youngest son, Owen, uh, he is working at Lakeside Bible Camp right now on Woodby Island uh, on TCL over there. Hopefully washing dishes well and, and getting the camp ready for the campers. He is starting college this, uh, this autumn. So yeah, Kelly, my wife and I, what are we doing? Well, we, we just do it all together. We, we do stuff together and we lead this church together and, and uh, I guess getting the kids out of high school, uh, achievement unlocked, right? Ready, ready to go there. So um, again, last year I told you about our early failures and, and challenges and how impossible it was to get a, a church going. But in 2011, we, we, re- we got our first breakthrough. We got this church building debt-free in, the, in Rehob West End, which your team came over and helped us with. Uh, I told you the story of how God led us to this building and, and just the incredible thing that God did with the leadership of the church before us and, and bringing us into this place. But... Praise God, we quickly outgrew the space. And then for years we were praying, God, we need more space. We were just packed and uncomfortably packed. And so after several years of praying in uh, 2019, God granted us a second building, not a different building, but a second building, which you're just getting a glimpse of it here. It's four times, more than four times the size of our, of our other building. So he granted us this on the south side in 2019. So two locations. And then the same year he granted Granted us a tiny location in one of the most poor parts of town, this, uh, in, in Royston. It's it's one of the most poor areas in Europe. Uh, you know all the government housing, addictions, and violence, and all that kind of stuff. So he kept kind of granting us more and more space. And then finally, last year, 10 months ago, he granted us uh, another location in Paisley, which is nearby. This beautiful building. Uh, I don't know what to say. He gave it to us for twelve and a half thousand dollars. 
like, like basically free. And, and yet it was still a faith step, you know, coming out of the COVID era and all that kind of stuff. But he granted us uh, this building. And so, uh, I don't know, God's just been um, granting us opportunities, but it hasn't been us. I, we were not looking for more space anymore. In fact, I had just told my staff, nothing new, guys. We just, let's just get the church through this next era here. And God said, nope, here's another building. And um, so we're praising God for the start of that, of that location as well. Again, not by might, nor by power, but by God's spirit. This is not Brian Ingraham, Kelly Ingraham's strategery or anything like that. This is just uh, what God's been doing. This year is a lot easier. We're just starting a Bible school, a three-year Bible school. And we are um, just excited to see what God's going to do there at teaching people uh, the whole Bible cover to cover over three years. It's designed for people who have jobs one evening a week, um, studying every book of the Bible. Very excited about that. But man, it's just, it's amazing to be a part of this. If you want updates, uh, you can just go to your own website. Uh, I'm going to mansplain this website for you. <laughs> you just go to your website, ministries. You go down to missions and outreach and you scroll down to monthly prayer calendar and booyah. There you go. Achievement unlocked again. You get your, you get your uh, missionary updates and all that kind of stuff for what's going on. We're excited. We're excited about what God's been doing in our journey. But last year I gave the overview, and I guess I just gave it again quickly. Uh, the overview, to, this year I want to give you the underview. The underview of what's going on. I love what Jesus has been doing in, in our church over the, the years, what God continues to do in our ministry in Scotland. But I would say that the overview of it all, just all that I just shared, isn't as important as what's been going on underneath. The, the, the underview of it all. When you peel back the curtain uh, of what, what's going on in Scotland, my heart isn't necessarily church planting and church leadership, although that's what we tend to be doing. It's one of the, the tools and, and the methods that we're, we're using over there. But, but my heart and, and Kelly's heart, our family's heart in Scotland has always been summed up by this one statement. We are in Scotland to lay the foundations for a long-lasting reawakening. For a long-lasting reawakening. Now, now, what is this? What does that mean? Well, we want to build our ministry focused on the main things that are often used to turn people to Jesus and help people keep walking with Jesus for the long run. For the long run. And yeah, reawakening might start with salvation and, and revival, but, but we also work really hard in, in our post-Christian context to see, to see long-time church faithful people, people who have served in church, who have been faithful with church, find a renewed freshness, a, 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 a new passion, a renewed passion in their hearts and their lives uh, for, for Jesus, to, to move from faithfulness to just feeling more alive, again, with God, that that life, that joy, that peace, that, that peace with, with God. If you dig deeper than the, the basic overview of our ministry, what you're going to see is an obsession. You're going to see an obsession to help everyone know how to get from here, wherever here is for someone, to, to much more, to much more life, to much more joy, to much more peace, the, the kind of stuff that lasts, 
that lasts, uh, and, and I mean, who wouldn't want more of that? Who, how do you get from here to more? To more life, to, to, to more joy, to more peace. How do you get from here to there? I, I always say it this way. Reawakening begins here. Reawakening begins here. You can get everything right out there. You can do all the right things, all the right behaviors, serve at the right ministries and do, do all the right, right things. You can get all the things right out there. You can pour your best energies into the right Jesus things and the right church things. But if you don't get it right here, you're going to be missing it. If you don't get it right here, you're not going to be getting, getting it right. In Scotland, we've built our ministry focus around the most important directive in all of the Bible. Now, that sounds grand, right? But we've built it around the most, we say this directive every Sunday in our services. We, we have built our ministry around the most important command of God, of God Almighty, in the Bible, you, you, you can get all the other things right, right? But if you miss this most, most important thing, you're going to be missing it. So I'm going to ask you a question, but don't answer it out loud. I know how we are. We, we do answer things out loud, apparently, here in Scotland. Nobody says anything. They're terrified to, to say anything out loud. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, we're going to just, I'm going to ask you a question, but you can answer it in, in your mind here. What is the number one greatest commandment in, in all of the Bible? Not the second one, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. What is the greatest what is the greatest commandment confirmed by Jesus Christ of Nazareth himself when, when he says this out? What is, the, what is the most important command? Now you're probably thinking, love God, right? You're probably thinking, love God. But actually, if you're thinking, love God, you're skipping something. There's something before that. And Jesus doesn't neglect it himself. When he, when he says, what is the greatest commandment? He doesn't start with love God. He, he, it, that's definitely a part of it. He starts with something before that. And in Deuteronomy chapter six, which Jesus quotes as the greatest commandment, he says this. He says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or one of the footnotes you might find in your Bible is, or hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That, that footnote there, there, that's because there's, this is one of those more rare moments where there is a, a little bit of fluidity on exactly how this, this passage should be translated. Should it be the Lord is our God or the Lord our God, the Lord is one or the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And maybe you even have another option there in your footnotes. You don't see this very often in the Bible. And so people might ask me, Brian, what is the right translation? And I, I say, probably yes. <laughs> Yes, probably. You know, it, 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 they're, they're all central in the Bible, aren't they? One God. That's super central. Only God is our God. God alone. Both of them are, are very central. It, it echoes the first commandment 
I mean, you ever think about this? I'm sure you have. You, you think about Moses. He goes up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments of God, right? And, and not only are these Ten Commandments being written on stone, the Bible says they are written on stone by the very finger of God. Like God, God's finger, right? And he, he got the first tablet there and, and, and God his finger, and he writes number one. Well, you write 10 commandments. No other gods. Just, just me. No other gods besides me. Number one. No, no other gods. There's, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, right? No, no other gods. And when I, when I say reawakening begins here, it begins when we get the right things great in our lives. When we get the right things great, and, and the number one right thing is the greatest commandment, and, and I love praying this, this prayer, Jesus, my allegiance is to you and you alone. Father, my, my allegiance is to you, God. Only you, just you, you alone. It's my, it's my passion to be all about the God of the Bible, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit only. It is a huge deal to God. It's, it's part of the greatest commandment in all the Bible. So for an example, I will never climb Mount Everest. And you're, and you're like, yeah, obviously. You're, yeah, not only do I have no interest in climbing Mount Everest at all, I will never attempt it. I will never consider to attempt it. Why? Because in order to climb Mount Everest, you have to honor the God of the mountain by ringing a bell. I will never do it. I will never do it. I, I am 100,000% out when it comes to climbing Mount Everest. I am not going to ring a bell to honor a demon God of the mountain. The Lord is my God, the Lord alone. I don't care what opportunities or whatever I miss out on. My, the number one command, my obsession is Jesus. Jesus, you are my God. My loyalty is to you. No hint of honoring, even honoring anything else. Not even a token thing. My obsession is you and you alone. I'm never going to go into a mosque. I'm not going to go to a mosque or a temple to some local Thailand temple Hindu thing or South American thing or African thing. I, usually in order to go into those places, you have to show honor to whatever the deities, maybe taking off your shoes or something with water or, or something like that. I, I, I'm gonna, I don't care if I don't get to see what's on the inside of the beautiful temple. I, I, I have got one obsession, the greatest commandment. It doesn't matter what I miss out on. The Lord is my God, the Lord alone. No, no, no other gods, no, no, no other thing. In my church, people keep getting wrapped up with all kinds of other spiritual things. It's driving me insane. I was in Royston and uh, three weeks ago, I was out there teaching and then praying for some people and I discovered that there are people in my church who are real Christians 
who have been completely radically changed by Jesus. Jesus got a hold of their lives. I've seen them be baptized. I've seen the, this radical transformation. They're, they're blending. Not a good word. They're, they're blending their following Jesus with other spiritual things. And, and, I, and I know, may it never be, but, but it, it was happening. It was happening. And this one Christian lady, this, this, she was grieving about the recent death of her mother. And so she went to a medium, to a seance, seance, to, 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 to speak with her deceased mother. I'm like, what? If I had hair, I'd be ripping it out right now, right? Like, so what? No. I'm like, what the demon? We're not doing that. And, and, and then, and then you, you, there's others in my church that are getting their readings done or their tarot card things. And I was like, stop, guys. We, we don't mix. We don't blend. Nothing spiritual. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus alone. Like that kind of stuff. I've got a lot of young people in my church and I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Um, I worry that some of them might be starting to dabble in witchcraft Witchcraft, it, it is everywhere on TikTok right now. I'm not, I'm not slating TikTok, but the algorithms currently in TikTok are really making uh, witchcraft highly promoted, like a central thing here for the next generation learning witchcraft. I'm like, man, I'm not slating TikTok, but like witchcraft, I am slating it. No, don't, don't, don't even, no. Friends, we are God's people. We're, we're, we're God's people. And the most, 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 most important of all the commands of God confirmed by Jesus himself, or reiterated by Jesus himself, is the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Only. No other gods. If you miss this, you're, you're missing the most important thing. And, and if you want to talk about getting the right things great, it all begins with this over the time. If you want to talk about living a fresh and, and on fire life for Jesus, you can't step past this one. This one's the first one. Oh man, over the top, calling people to not touch the other spiritual stuff. Reawakening begins here, an obsession with God alone with God alone, to the radical exclusion of any other spiritual thing. Oh, I love it. I love it. Fires me up. I hope it fires you up. Now, maybe this sounds a little bit extreme and you're like, yeah, he is a missionary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the first thing, guys. I don't even know what else to tell you. It's the most important commandment. All right. Underneath the church planting thing, though, and, and all of our work in Scotland is, is this obsession with, with getting the right things great. So this is the first one. After it says God is one in the greatest commandment, after it says the Lord, the Lord alone, then it goes on to the, the more famous bit, which we think about more frequently, which is loving God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. Now for the past 20 years, again, underneath everything we're doing, it's been helping people grow in this genuine love for God. And so we say reawakening begins here. It begins with intentionally cultivate, cultivating a growing love for God. Keywords, intentionally cultivating, growing love for God. How do you grow your love for God? Well, a common mistake that I see people make is they ask, what does loving God look like? 
What does loving God look like? Instead of how do I grow from here to, to, to more, to, to more, to, the, to there. If your focus is like, what does loving God look like? What are the behaviors? You, you run into the danger of, of Revelation chapter two in the Ephesian church. You know, when you're looking at what Jesus' assessment of the Ephesian church, they're getting all these things right. And you're, you're like, oh man, that's an amazing thing that they're doing. And that's an amazing thing that they're doing. And that's an amazing thing they're doing. But then they get called out that they've lost their first love. They get all the behaviors right, but they, they've, they've, lost, they've lost their, their first love. That, yeah. So our main focus is to, to help people grow on the inside with their love of God. And we, we've done that for the last 20 years by obsessively focusing on these two time-tested, time-proven things more than anything else. Firstly, falling back in love with cover-to-cover Bible reading again. Cover-to-cover Bible reading again. While you're writing that down, uh, just getting off track here, there's two heresies connected to -to cover-to-cover Bible reading that just drive me insane. People who talk about maybe the Old Testament God different than the New Testament God. That That is an extreme heresy. God never changes. He's always the same. That is as Bible as Bible. Don't, don't be deceived that the Old Testament God is different than the New Testament God. There is one God never changing. Or that maybe the Old Testament, some people, is, is, is not important. What? That is not what Jesus says about the Old Testament. So we cover to cover Bible reading. I want people to read it, but, but more than just read it, I want them to love it. Is that too much to ask? Can, can, can Christians love reading the Bible? Well, that's, that's, that's my 20-year a- ambition to try and get people to rediscover the treasure and the delight and the joy of reading God's word cover to cover, how life-giving it is, how wonderful it is. 20 years ago, I started again, trying to read the Bible cover to cover. By the way, friends, never stop restarting the right things. Never stop restarting the right things. Even though all my attempts in my life up to that point had failed, all my Bible reading attempts, all my idea, thoughts of like reading the Bible cover to cover, I, I try and I get, oh man, I made it to Leviticus. Oh man, I made it to Leviticus. Oh man, I made it to Leviticus. Like whatever the, like whatever the case, like all of them had, had, had failed throughout my life. Never stop restarting the right things. And 20 years ago, I, I tried again and I could have said, why bother? I've proven that I can't do it. Why bother? I have, I have a whole lifetime track record of having a good heart and a good ambition, but I never quite make it through. You can apply this to journaling or whatever. But I, I can't do it. It would have been a tragedy to, to not give it another go. Never stop restarting the right things. 20 years ago, that restart reset my life. And, and it's continued ever since. And the, the key for me, and what has become c- central in our, in our ministry in Scotland, this, this cover-to-cover Bible reading and, and how it started was I, I went to a buddy and I said, hey buddy, uh, want to read the Bible with me this year? Here's what we'll do. I'll read, we'll read Genesis, you know, apart and then we'll come together, we'll have coffee and we'll, we'll share three things we loved about it 
And then we'll pray for each other and, and go on. Then we'll read Exodus the next week. And then we'll read Leviticus the next week. And then we'll read Numbers. We'll, we'll, yeah, you get it, right? It, it, for me, it started with a buddy. And that became four buddies. And then that became four groups of buddies. This is before we started the church, by the way. This wasn't Pastor Brian leading the church to do something. This was just person Brian. Just going after a buddy. And I, I realized I don't need more guilt in my life. I, I tried and, and failed so many times. I, I don't know if you know that there, there are Christians out there who know, would like to be reading the Bible, but they, they find themselves not for whatever reason and, and they feel guilty about that. I didn't need more guilt in my life. I needed just a gentle, gracious accountability. I knew meeting with my buddy was, all, was, a, was, the, was the missing piece and, and that one shift has carried me for 20 years. 20 years and counting. Nowadays, we, our, our church has got them in, in, they meet in coffee shops and online and, and all that goodness. Uh, well, my, my, my mom, is, she lives in New Mexico. She's in one of the Bible groups. You know, the, the, the world is, is, is so small now with, with technology. And so she's able to zoom in and be a part of a, a Bible read-through group. By the way, the main question that we're asking when it comes to these Bible times and shares is not what did you learn we're asking, what did you love? What did you love about what you read? Because I want people to, to start seeing that the Bible is great. That it's great. And if I can get people to realize that, that, that there's things that we love every week in the Bible, and if I can get them to love it again, then, I, then I'm sure that they're much more likely to keep going, to, to, keep, to keep learning over the long term, because it's about the long term, not just reading it. Anyways, that's, that's the first thing. Se secondly, falling back in love with prayer-filled Jesus time again. Prayer-filled Jesus time again. I hope I've told you this story before, but I'm, I'm worried that I haven't. In, in Athens in 2012, I had one of those life-changing prayer times with Jesus. And during that time of prayer, Jesus asked me to do something that made me feel sick. Like just sick to my stomach. He asked me to give him one hour every morning from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. for prayer and Jesus time. Now, I, I, I felt this instant dread, right? I, I felt this instant dread because everything into my, up in my life, up until that moment of my life, was, was uh, an inconsistent Jesus time, meaning it basically never, ever happened, but just being, being gracious to myself, an inconsistent Jesus time. And, and I just knew that, that of all the years of my life up to that point, I, I wasn't, I had proven to myself that I, I couldn't do normal, regular Jesus time, let alone an hour every day, let alone from, from nine to 10. Now, I, I was a pastor at this point. I had been in full-time ministry for 15 years and struggling with this whole Jesus time thing and any consistency with it. But, but this was, Jesus was asking me for this and I was like, oh, how can I do this? I work from nine to 10. Like I work, I have meetings from nine to 10. Not only do I not think that I can keep up this, this, um, this thing that Jesus is asking me to do, I'm gonna have to change my work schedule. I'm gonna have to change my life. I'm gonna have to change other people's work schedules and meeting schedules. Everybody's gonna have to revolve or shift over this, this thing that I feel like Jesus is asking me to do. And so I freaked out a bit. I was like looking at Jesus and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I've, I've not been able to give you 10 minutes a day, let alone an hour a day. 
What would I even say? What would I even do for an hour with Jesus? (laughs) I I don't have an hour of things to talk about. By the way, pro tip for you. Pro tip. Don't just pray until you're done. You'll be done pretty quickly. Set a time and learn how to fill it. You'll totally learn how to grow. You'll, you'll push yourself. You'll, you'll just, your prayer life will, will grow as you try and figure out how to fill a period of time. For me, it, it was an hour. And I'm like, I had no idea how I was going to do that. But you know, there it was. Jesus was like, hey, I want you to give me an hour. I felt doomed to fail. I didn't know what I was going to do. But what do you do when Jesus is inviting you into that? With, with low faith and low self-expectations, feeling doomed, I, I decided to give it a go. And of course, it changed my life, right? It changed my life. And although all the attempts of my life to be consistent before that, you know, 15 years of minute, full-time ministry up to that point, that restart continued. Again, underneath everything that we're doing in Scotland is, is this passion to see people reawakened in their love for God, in their fire for God, in their passion for Jesus. And, and I believe with all my heart that reawakening begins here. It getting the right things great and the right things are right centralized on the greatest of all the commands. The right things being an obsession for God and only God. An obsession for, to love God's Bible again, the, the word of God again. Cover to cover, the whole thing. The, the, the consistent prioritized of, prioritization of, of extended Jesus time, quiet time, Jesus time. There's nothing new here. This is the ancient way. This is the ancient way, the time-tested, time-proven way, and underneath all of our work in Scotland is cultivating these most basic, ancient priorities. And so can I encourage you, North Shore? Can I encourage you? How could you become more obsessed with Jesus and Jesus alone? What what does that mean for you? The Lord is my God, the Lord alone. Or how can I encourage you to give cover to cover Bible reading a go if you're not doing it already? Or or thirdly, to to redesign your life for extended, regular Jesus times. If you don't schedule it, you know it's not going to happen. Sometimes the calendar calendar is is the most basic but profound first step in that. I I, I don't care if you're convinced or not you're going to be able to keep it up. Never stop restarting the right things. Never stop restarting the right things. This is my testimony from Scotland. This is what we've seen for the last 20 years and counting. If you consistently get the right things great, over time, you will see a love for all things Jesus. A love for all things Jesus go way up and you're going to find yourself going from here to more. To more. That's what we want for you. That's That's what we're excited to encourage you about. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Father, we, we thank you for the consistency and simplicity of, of your directives to us in, in, in the Bible. We, we, we thank you that, you that you love us and you grant us hearts that, that eagerly desire to love you in return. Encourage us, lead us. And God, I ask that every person who sets out this week to start again, to restart, that your grace would be on them, that your joy would be on them, and that you would help them with this new beginning. We bless them and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.